Are you an inspiring spa and beauty manager yearning for a fresh, exciting career path? Do you dream of venturing into the world of education and training, but wondering how your skills will translate? In our expert series, we have a special treat for you. Join us as we explore the transformative journey of a remarkable guest speaker, Helen Jennings. This episode focuses on exploring the transferable skills for spa managers to beauty therapy lecturer. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to another episode of I'm No Rookie. So this is a special place for those of you who have gathered years of invaluable experience and now seeking the right direction and try something kind of new and challenge yourself. So our new series focuses on a kind of fascinating journeys with beauty and wellness industry experts who have shifted from roles like therapists, managers, coaches into the world of education. And today I'm delighted to have a guest who exemplifies that transformative journey. I would say a veteran in in the um, the wellness industry has um, great communication skills. She's an empathetic leader and she's worn many hats, which I'll get her to share. So without further ado, please join me in welcome our guest for today, the very accomplished Ellen Jennings. Um, Ellen, we are so thrilled to have you on the show today. Hello. Hi, Io. How are you? I am good. How have you been? Really good. Thank you so much for um, having me on the show. You are welcome. I'm really excited to kind of delve in to your journey. Please tell us about your journey and where you are today and what you currently do. Okay, so um, I have been very fortunate. Um, I qualified as a beauty therapist back in 2001. Um, When I qualified, there weren't too many jobs for a beauty therapist in the area. So um, I moved to Northern Ireland and I did beauty therapy and hairdressing there. So um, at college, I did beauty therapy and hairdressing. After about six months, I quickly realized hairdressing was not my strong point um, and I would focus on beauty therapy. So um, I did beauty therapy for about a year and a half there. And then I came back to England um, and I signed up to a couple of recruitment agencies, SAS Recruitment, um, La Source Recruitment, um, as they specialised in international um, work placements. And it had always been my dream to travel the world. So um, I got my first placement as a beauty therapist in Dubai. I worked there for a year and then I got offered um, spa manager of three separate sites in three different hotels in Dubai, a company called Carita Paris. I worked there for a couple of years and then the same person who hired me for my first role in Dubai, she called me up and said, look, there is assistant spa director position available in Egypt in a brand new hotel that's opening. Would you like it? And I said, absolutely. So I got headhunted for that and then flew over to Egypt, did assistant spa directing. Um, and then I did assistant spa directing for a few years in various places. Then I really enjoyed the opening procedures Um, So after opening about three or four hotels, I became a spa consultant um, and I went over to South Africa and I was hired independently 
as a spa consultant to help them open up one of the spas there. Um, I then went to Kenya um, and Hong Kong and New Zealand and worked in spa operations there, mainly helping to turn around non-performing spas. So spas that hadn't really hit target for, you know, a year or so, I was hired to go in and, and help them hit target and like to say that I did, usually within mm. six months about hit the target. Um, and then as I got into my 30s, I decided, hmm, I think I might come back home to England, settle down and start a family, which I was very lucky um, to be able to achieve that. But then I thought I'd actually like to make the switch from spa manager to teacher. Um, and then to okay. have since. Love that. Wow. Okay, you've gone straight into it. Right. <laughs> you've gone straight into it. I was going to say, we're going to stop there because we're going to take you back a little. But what an amazing journey. Yeah. What an amazing, I love it because you've like covered nearly every single thing. And I think it would really connect well with so many people that are listening. They may have kind of transitioned to so many areas. So I'm going to kind of pull some of that in as well. Mm -hmm. but, we, but let's go back a bit. Yeah. Where we met. Right. So before yes. before we pressed the button, I was like, <laughs> how long ago was it? I was like, oh, my God, it was 2011. And it's so funny because, as we all know, time goes by so quickly. Right. But I always remember when we met, we met on the first day and we were studying. Yep. We're, we're going to start our international spa management masters. I've got to highlight masters <laughs> um, at, <laughs> at Derby University. Yeah, which is which they no longer do, which is sad that they no longer do. And then we also met up again as we both were teaching at an academy, teaching spa management. So how yeah. amazing that these journeys and how we were able to meet again, a lot of it based off us doing our masters. Absolutely. Our yeah. came from. I mean, I have to say that masters really opened so many doors for me. Um, yeah. In the career of spa management, certainly. Yeah, it was. It was I think it was definitely worthwhile. I think when I think back to the spa management, because there were so many components, right? There were so many different modules. And I remember when we had to select our modules, because um, I think the first day they, they talked about all the modules that are available. And it was like, oh, my God. And there were certain ones that I was really excited about. I don't remember them now. <laughs> <laughs> it was too long ago. <laughs> Do you remember that excitement? And they were like, oh, there's this module and it does this. And I was like, oh. Um, and but the only module that really stuck out for me, and it, you probably can tell because it's related to what I kind of do now outside of teaching, I think it was I don't want to say it's operations and marketing, it was marketing yeah, and something. Marketing one. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's the one I was like, ooh, I like the idea of that one. The rest were great, but I wasn't um like like you, you were doing spa management, so operations mm. made sense and everything else, but marketing was my thing. And that's where it kind of led me to in 2015. So anyway, that's how our journey, that's how we connected. So yeah. although we've had similar journeys um, and career paths from the beauty, spa and wellness industries, it kind of differs a lot. So mine <laughs> is from beauty spa therapist to trainer to L&D to marketing and educator. And as you've just said, yours has been from spa wellness a therapist, consultant, troubleshooter, spa manager, lecturer. <laughs> so, so you've done a lot. You have worn and you've worn many, many hats, which yeah. we do. Yeah. Which we do as therapists. 
But I wanted to go back before you had had the opportunity to for that spa management role because you got that it feels like it's quite quick in your career as a therapist. How many yeah. years was your hands-on therapist before that opportunity came? About five years. Do you yeah. think five years was enough? For me, it was. Um, I was always very ambitious um, as a youngster. Um, all I wanted to be was a spa director, a spa manager. Um, and it was my absolute mission and goal in life to become a spa director. So while I was being a therapist, I would, you know, help out the manager with doing the rotors, doing the ordering, doing the procurement, um, anything I could do to help me learn the management ways and steps and things you need to do as a manager. And I think, you know what, I think five years is enough. Because yeah. I was looking back at my CV because I was like, I, I, I do all this research into people that I'm interviewing. I was like, hold on, how long did I spend doing hands-on? So mm. I think my initial was five years and then it got, then I went into training and L&D and I was still kind of doing practical because you still want to keep in touch with the industry. You still want to keep up with the latest trends and you know insights. I also feel that as a manager, if you still hands-on, um, you gain so much more respect from your team as well. You know, you don't want to, as a manager, you don't want to go and ask anybody to do anything that you're not prepared to do. So, you know, if a therapist was sick or ill, then I would go in and take, you know, I would do their day for them. Um, and it gives a better rapport with the team, I think, definitely. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest problems um, when I was talking to previous students that were trying to get into management roles within our industry who didn't have the practical experience it's that um, it's those issues that they're going to have with staff who won't respect them as much because they're like, you don't understand what we go through. You know, you, you know, so I absolutely agree with that. Great. So you did five years. I did five years. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why I wanted to bring that up, because there's so many therapists, whether they're head therapists or whichever level they're at, they've been in the industry for so long. And yes, some of them love it and that's all they want to do. It's, you know, that's fine. But others that want to progress, they seem to think they need more experience. The way I look at it is that you can still get the experience whilst working towards another, the next level. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what advice would you give someone that feels like they need more experience after five years of working full time? Um, well, you can always keep your hand in it. Um, there's nothing stopping you, but you can be a manager and then have a day um, set aside for doing treatments. If you feel that you still want some more experience in that area, um, be flexible. I mean, there's been many a role where I have been management, but um, you also have to be a therapist as well. So like a hybrid position. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say, uh, if you're unsure, shadow your manager, ask your manager, get that support from the person above you um, and do extras and have a look at, you know, actually what that role entails. Um, and the best way to do it is by, like I say, shadowing your manager. Um, and it does include staying behind after your shift, possibly, or doing extra shifts, unpaid, possibly. But at the end of the day, it's 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 going to help you in the future. In your 30s is when you're like, okay, you needed that change. And that's when you were looking at the whole idea of going to the education sector. So what was your path into the education sector from the qualification and getting that first teacher role? How did that happen? 
Um, okay, so I was very fortunate in that when I moved back to England, I stayed at the good old place of mum and dad's for a little while. Um, so therefore, I had no rent or anything to pay. They were really good to me, bless them. So for me, it was a little bit easier because I, um, I was able to take that time out and do my assessor's award and my um, award in education and training. So a lot of these names have changed from our day. Um, You probably, some of the more mature people here will know it is Kettles, Petals and Dettles. So your Kettles is the award in education and training. Your Dettles is your diploma in education and training and your Kettles is your QTLS. So when I first came back, I did my awards, which is your first part in education and training. It's only at six six or eight weeks now, I can't remember. I think it might be an eight. When I did it, it was six weeks. Six weeks. This was like early 2011. Yeah. I did mine, yeah. So it's going back. I think you're right though. I think it is, yeah. I think it's a six weeks course. Um, so I signed up to that and did that. Um, and then at my local salon, uh, it was a training academy as well. So they did treatments, but also teach students. So I volunteered and shadowed with them um, while working as a therapist again. So let's say t- Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I was a therapist. And then Thursday, Friday, I was working and doing my VTCT assessors award. So they were getting me through assessing. So while they was training me in that award, I was obviously shadowing them teaching and everything and looking at how they did it, um, which gave me a real good insight into teaching. I then paused there um, and gained my assessor's award and my award in education and training um, as I had my first baby. So I kind of like pulled out of everything for a year. And then I went back into it at a local college. And I think it was a great place to start for me personally. So I worked at a college where I did taster courses and bite-sized courses at the college, but also out in the communities. Oh my gosh, I really love that role. So I would go out into like the different communities and um, work with some refugees or asylum seekers or people who wanted to come, um, who have come to this country and were struggling to find work. I would teach them and give them a bite-sized introductory course into maybe another route than what they were doing at home um to help them into the work placement areas yeah that was really enjoyable that's such a great experience to have it was and it was great for me as well because it wasn't like you know creating a a year's worth of schemes of work or something it was literally short um I think there were two to three week courses on you know pedicures tinting facials just the basics of it so it's kind of like an introductory this is what you know you could do this is something that you could work in um, okay, so being in the industry for over, when I say this, you're probably going to scream, for over two decades. <laughs> oh my God, that does sound bad. I know, it? when I say decades, it hurts my chest. Um, <laughs> what, what key differences have you observed between being in a managerial role and an educator's role? in a managerial role but you have your SOPs everything is there in black and white um if you don't understand anything you can just go to it you taught it everything is there um 
at managing people again which I've truly loved you can never manage them if everyone is different it's the same with students all the students are different the only difference is the SOPs are different between teaching and managing there is more leniency with with um, teaching um, as to the disciplinary p- procedures and things. So obviously, if you had a therapist who wasn't performing, you would go through the disciplinary pr- process. Um, and if nothing was done, eventually that therapist would be fired. You cannot do that with students. <laughs> so um, obviously, if there was any issues or anything, there is like um, a little track and a little route that you can go down um to help behavior but yeah i would say that would be the main main difference but it's it's beautiful in both ways i found when i was managing um you know i would always encourage my beauty therapists to you know strive for management so i would you know if they wanted i would you know take time out to teach them things and and watching your beauty therapist grow um in that role was always so rewarding and it's the same for students you know if you're that way inclined naturally to help teach and you know lead and help people bring out the best of themselves then i mean i think it's a natural progression from manager into teacher mm. if that's you know what you like um and watching these students you know grow and mold you know helping them like you say 20 decades in the um in the spa industry it's passing on the baton isn't it mm. and just you know helping them helping them grow and sharing what an amazing career it can be yeah it's it's true i think it is them leaving away the confidence and yeah, that hope for the future, isn't it? Yeah, um, absolutely. Going back a little bit to your teaching qualification, because you mentioned obviously all the qualifications that you um, you gained. I want to ask you how much you think the teaching qualifications, the assessing qualifications, has prepared you for your teaching role. With the paperwork, one hundred percent. I do, when I came from management, I had no idea. Um, of the words that were being thrown around, like, you know, SOWs and ILPs and IPAs and all of these different things. Um, So I had absolutely no idea what those were. But um, I now know how to write a scheme of work, how to write it for the year, what needs to be put into it. I know how to write a lesson plan and all of those things. And, you know, the fact that we need to embed English and math skills into the lessons and how to do that. Um, there's also great support on mental health as well and what we can do to help support learners with extra needs, um, this professional standards and what is expected of a teacher. So all of that has been absolutely paramount and, yeah, so important. So with that being said, and I think yours, because when did you do your teaching, your 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 last teaching qualification? When so I'm, I'm still, um, I'm just finishing it this year. Um, so I did my diploma in education and training. I start; it's a two-year course. Um, yeah. They're doing it in one year now, I think next okay. year moving forward. But um, so I started it last year, and I'm finishing it this year. Is there anything that you feel is missing or could be improved? I would definitely say um, behavior management in the classroom um, could definitely be an area where they you know, teach us a little bit more on and tell us more the guidelines of, you know, okay, so let's say, for example, this happens or this happens, how to manage it, what is the, what is the best course of action? Um, and if you can't manage it, and if you're stuck, you know, these are the processes and steps to take. If you go back into management, that was never taught then either. Yeah.
you know it's not taught I don't think in any of the areas so um even when we did our uh, masters or anything and they touched on um operations and people in HR management again that wasn't touched on so I think sure. generally not just education wise but even even management courses could could touch on it um a little yeah. bit more as well I think one of the um, speakers I had or the guests I had, but she had done her qualification quite a few years ago and mm -hmm. it definitely missed the mental health part. And of course, things yeah. have changed heavily since COVID. I've had mental health prior to COVID, but of course it's brought to the forefront, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's great hearing from your experience what's within the curriculum now for for teachers that are doing their qualifications now. So it's nice that they've, they've, they've it's improved basically. Oh, massively. Nice. Yeah. And leaps and bounds, I would say, because it's, it was such a, um, there was a whole core module dedicated to um, learners with needs, whether that be, you know, mental health needs or dyslexia, different color paper, just, you know, and it, it really went into it in depth, what we can offer them. And I think, you know, the services available at the college with what we can offer them you know each department has its own ppt which is a personal progress tutor but that person is dedicated to that entire department so if a student is feeling overwhelmed or if a student has some issues financial welfare whatever they may be they can go to this person in the office she can be there in seconds and she can signpost them to the areas in the college such as finance if they need money help or welfare or mental health issues or anything um and i think that's that's really good and i think it's needed as well mm. definitely absolutely love that so with that so obviously we've covered some of the essentials I'm very much, as you as you know, I'm a tech person, right? I'm all about technology, mm -hmm. enhancing um, teaching with technology. And we're very different because you teach face-to-face -face and I teach mainly online. Mm -hmm. within, within what you're doing at the moment, especially whilst you're finishing your teaching qualification, is there technologies and innovation um, part of the curriculum at the moment for teachers? Oh, 100%. Again, we have to, it's not just maths and English, but we have to embed IT skills. When we're like planning our schemes of work, we have it in there that, you know, we need to have Canva on there. So we work on Canva, Mentimeter, yeah. Kahoot. Most of our daily lessons start with a little Kahoot. So let's have a look at the knowledge that we learned last week. And what do you remember? So yeah, those IT skills are really embedded. And with your learners, I know it's, a, again, a bit different. They are obviously face-to-face. -face. Is there things available online that you direct them to that they can also do at home? We have Teams. So all of our class materials are put onto Teams and they download Teams as an app on their phone. And so we'll go through that PowerPoint slide of today. Um, and then we'll say, right, OK, use Teams to look at that PowerPoint slide. And within that PowerPoint slide, it will have, you know, videos from YouTube or various websites for them to go and research and look at to help, um, you know, help with their homework. You've been involved in so many activities from designing treatments, SOPs, producing strategic plans. So focused on KPIs and achieving targets. How has this vast experience kind of enriched your teaching style and methodology? 
Well, being a manager of a spa is really actually quite similar to um, in teaching. So your SOPs are like your schemes of work, which is what you're going to teach for the year and how to plan it out. Your KPIs, um, obviously, are your goal settings. So we also have that in teaching. So you want to say by this point, you know, by the first term, we want to be completed this module and this module. By the second term, we need to complete that module and that module. So there's your KPIs and the targets you need to hit. Um, we do performance reviews with the students as well um, so there's a lot of similarities um, to managing a spa as there is to teaching beauty therapy but I think one of the main things is again it's getting that rapport and respect from your student so if you've just been taught um, beauty therapy and you've gone straight into teaching without the um, experience behind you Obviously, they're going to respect and listen. But when you're able to say, look, you have to do the facial, you have to wear wax, you know, gloves for waxing when I was in the salon. And, and the amount of times I say when I was in the salon, um, you know, the students are starting to roll their eyes over it, you know, <laughs> but it's really good to get on their level and say, look, I've been here too. I've done this too. We all start from somewhere, you know, and here's where I ended up. I mean, look where you could end up. How amazing is that? You know, when I start talking about when I lived in Dubai or Kenya or Hong Kong, you know, it's just it's it's inspiration for the students as well. It's so true because it takes me back. I remember my first training role and I had to I remember um, the director said, oh, you're going to go to Four Seasons um, in London and you're going to be teaching. I think it was about 30 um, therapists. I was like, OK, um, <laughs> preparation. <laughs> Um, you're going to teach them all about our treatments, all about our products, customer service, the organic way, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, like, they're going to know I'm a Ford star. They're going to know I don't know what I'm doing. I have all these things in my head. And when you go there, you just teach. They're just, as long as you've got the confidence and you don't look like you're deer in headlights and you know your products and, yeah. your, and that's the main thing. I knew my products. I knew my my service I, I had clients regardless of the lack of teaching experience mm-hmm. I was working in the industry so they could respect that yeah I think and I think you're absolutely right there I think it's if you're nervous they'll they'll spot it make sure you're confident in your abilities but your experience alone not your teaching experience I'm still mm-hmm. new I'm still finishing my qualification um and I've just taken a cohort of students through level two beauty therapy um and I, I was open and honest with them. I'm still doing my DET, guys. And this is my, this is my, you know, this is my first year of teaching. However, you know, I have got, as I said, two decades of working in this industry behind me. Um, and so I may be new at teaching, but I'm not new in the industry. Um, and I think sometimes just being open and honest with them as well um, about being a new teacher can sometimes, you know, build that respect in a way you're being honest and open with them you know and it helps them to be more honest and open with you love that so I know that you've worked online because we both worked online and obviously you've worked face to face and I want to ask you online or face to face which one do you prefer oh I don't I I will I will be honest I think it will depend on the audience 100% depends on the audience. I think teaching adults online is actually better than maybe teaching in person. It's more convenient. 
um the travel implications they've probably got family to work around as well possibly or if not you know pets to work around and things like that um but i don't think it would work with say the more younger audiences um i think because there's there's so many distractions at home it takes a certain per kind of person that can learn online someone who is able to zone out those distractions and i think that does come usually with not always but usually with maturity so i think teaching adults online is excellent i think the younger generation some of them will be amazing online some of them will be mature and have that um self-discipline to just be online but others may you know be prone to their phones or getting up in the kitchen and wandering off or yeah also so i think it i think it has a place um depending on the student so i think you're right it's definitely um it's maturity and also i think like you kind of said at the beginning when people are investing in their own course it's from your own pocket mm-hmm. there's a different outlook absolutely there's a, there's a different dedication to it than someone mm-hmm. that's you know either you know whether it's been paid by someone else or the government um and i think again age comes as a factor as well but yeah I, this is why I prefer, my preference is um, adults, really. But like, again, it's maturity, yeah. really, when it comes to it. Okay, my final question before I let you go. Mm-hmm. You've, you've kind of given some tips here and there, but I want to use this, um, this last question. What tips and advice would you give listeners and those within the spa and beauty and wellness industries contemplating a similar pivot from man- management or therapists into the education sector, what tips would you give them advice? 100% get a placement. So um, if you can, I would, there's loads of colleges and most colleges actually hire their um, lecturers this way. So I, the the college I'm working at now, I was a volunteer for a year. um, Because when you do your diploma in education and training, you have to teach you can't do that qualification without teaching so you need a placement anyway um a college um whether it be evening or during the daytime where you can shadow teachers and lecturers but also you know once they've you've been shadowing them for a while they'll let you you know right you can teach that hour or you know you can teach that entire lesson you need that so that you can um do your diploma in education and training and because you'll you'll be assessed um, teaching and delivering. So get a placement. Um, Before you pay out the money to do your diploma in education training, find a college near you um, or a a similar teaching academy and shadow a teacher. Ask, say, look, I want to get into teaching. I'm not too sure about it. Is there possibly a lesson I can shadow? Um, It might just be one hour a week. It may be, you know, two hours a month. You know, whatever you can um, time-wise afford to give, it will give you first-hand direct experience of what it is like being in a classroom. Um, I think pay, if, you, if you're in management already, you're used to the paperwork, so the paperwork isn't going to be an issue, really. Um, it's, you know, same, same, but different, if they, a lot of people know that phrase. I would say experience in the classroom is going to be paramount for you to get first-hand experience and and I've never known a college to say no you can't shadow for a couple of hours because obviously that's the way they find the next lecturers. Some great tips there thank you so much Ellen for giving your time today and providing so many insights from spa wellness therapists 
to managerial to the education sector. We truly appreciate your time and thank you so much, Evan. Most welcome. <laughs>